Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello everyone, welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast, proudly sponsored by the fabulous Ruth Beck Art. Hope you're all having a fantastic week. I don't know about all of you that are watching, listening, this week has been so easy to get through, following on from that win on Sunday. 6-0, six goals away at the London Stadium. It still doesn't quite feel real, but it's just made this week, yeah, just just a hell of a lot more easy. Um we're now looking ahead to, hopefully, a game where we can repeat the feat at Turf Moor on Saturday, 3pm. Very unusual for us to have a 3pm kickoff, but um, yeah, we all love the challenge of trying to find an illegal stream these days. So looking forward to that one on Saturday. Um, but I'm joined with a man who has no such problems because I believe he's got one of those fabulous, dodgy Amazon Fire Sticks. I'm incredibly envious of him. It is, of course, I, the fabulous I, I, have, I have nothing. He has no. Okay, sorry, sorry, I'm yeah. incriminating you out there. Sorry, I shouldn't be doing that. How you I doing, mate? I don't have anything. I watch all games above board and in a right and legal way. Uh, yeah, I'm very good, James. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's been a good week, hasn't it? I mean, what did you make of the game at the weekend? Oh God, what didn't I make of it? It was <laughs> it, it was fantastic. I mean, um, this season, obviously. We've spoken about it on length time and time before. People are probably going to get bored of hearing me speak about it, James, but uh, I'm going to do it again. We, we've we've both said, you know, that we haven't been at the scintillating form that we were at last season. Um, but if if you really look into this into it, we're behind on points, but we're up in goals. And I actually think that with being a year older and everything else. I think I think we're a smarter team than we were last season, um, and I, I think in terms of a defensive unit, I, I think we're much better defensively. And I don't just attribute that to David Raya being in goal. I think that um, you know when we've had to make these changes, especially 
the uh, with Sinchenko going off against Liverpool, to me, I always did think that there was a player inside Kivior, but we just hadn't found him yet. And I think in that second half, and also low-key some of the stuff that he was doing against West Ham, I think we found that player there now. And I hope that he can kick on and carry on doing what he's doing because I've, I've been really impressed with him. I mean, to to stop, you know, the likes of Liverpool the week before and then to go up against Kudus, who we know tore us apart previously in the city. And I think he was playing in that game when he tore us apart as well. So, you know, he didn't have any PTSD from that happening. He still went out there and done his job. And uh, yeah, no, you, how can you how can you not be happy? I mean, there are going to be people that aren't happy there. We know who they are and we know where they are. But how can you not be happy when your team wins by six goals, James? No, absolutely. It was just, um, for me, one of the, it probably was the best performance of the season in terms of just watching it, just being so relaxed, at least from about 30 minutes onwards, just kind of cruising to victory. It's, it's very, very, very rare that you get the opportunity to have that in the Premier League. But I think there's something to be said for Arsenal scoring goals in abundance this season. I know, obviously, it's not been you know, the hot topic and at times we've been very frustrated, the lack of chances created and the lack of goals going in the back of the net. But, you know, we won 4-0 away at Bournemouth. Uh, we beat Sheffield United 5-0. We beat Lons by six goals to nil. I mean, we, we've had some really emphatic victories this season. I'm just picking out a handful there amongst many others. So I do think this team can score goals. But I think where we've got everyone coming together now in red hot form, I mean, we were so off the boil in, in you know, the not-too-distant past. We had Trossard, who was so out of form. Saka couldn't really hit a barn door. Martinelli was out of form. Jesus has been in and out of the team. Um, Havertz has, you know, had his ups and downs. Erdegaard, we, we spoke about him not too long ago, not being involved enough. But all of these players, every single one I've just mentioned there, really has just taken it up a level. I think all of them. The, the front six, including Declan Rice as well, were brilliant. In, in the game against West Ham, just their movement, the free-flowing nature of it. I wasn't even thinking that we didn't have Gabriel Jesus in the game because the, the movement of Trossard and Havertz, the way they just interchanged, um, it was it was glorious to watch. And I really love that we've really got that chaos factor, that unpredictability about us where it doesn't really matter how we line up on paper because all the players know their roles, but they also have that ability to interchange to weave amongst each other and just just create madness in the opposition box and when you factor in as well that we're scoring so many goals from set pieces I mean we we are so strong in all areas of the pitch at the minute but I want to go back to what you said there about us having less points than last season with the same amount of games played but obviously having scored more conceded less uh obviously that's great do you worry a little bit that we are behind on points or do you think Maybe, you know, we're going to have a stronger second half of the season as opposed to last season when we started so well, but tailed off towards the end. I, I think we're going to have a stronger second half, mate. And that that's that that's because that's what cost us last time, like you said. And I, I think, you know, like I said previously, I think they're a bit smarter now. I think Arteta is obviously a year smarter as well. And I don't know what was in the water or what they did when they went to Dubai. But whatever happened on that trip, as like you've said, it's completely reinvigorated half these players that were so terribly out of form and everything else. And I, I just, um, yeah, I believe I believe that we're going to push on. Uh, I think we're going to have a really, really strong finish. And do you know what, as well, James, you're saying there about the goals and the rate of the goals. I, I wouldn't necessarily say last season, but previously in Arteta's tenure, there's been times to me where we've been up by 
maybe two or three goals at half time. We've sat back a little bit. Yeah, because we're like, we've won this and it becomes a bit of a passing exercise. And I won't say it's boring, but you know, I'm like, no, because we know the margins. Yeah. And there was part of me at the weekend that thought these lot know from last season, obviously the ones that were there, you know, we've obviously signed others, but they knew that it was five points last season. That was, it was just five points that cost it. So it could come down to goal difference, whatever. And it's like now we're, what is it? One behind Liverpool and tied with City, I believe. It's very healthy. Yeah. So that's, and, and I mean that, that, that they've got Haaland and, and we're, we're, you know, we're tied with them and they've got Haaland and everything else. So it just goes to show you, yeah, like you said, yeah, we've got the firepower. It's just taking the chances. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> if you were to have one glaring negative about the West Ham game is that, there were we some score more. Well, yeah, there was some sit- the Saka header, the Trossard header. There was some sitters that we actually get a chance. Yes, yeah. So big chances still that uh, we didn't tuck away. But no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not going to you know whittle down and pick on anything like that. It's too too nitpicky. No, there's no need, is there? When it's been a six nil win. Um, exactly. I mean, it's inevitable with a six nil win that you're going to miss some chances along the way as well. But how encouraging was it for you that we were able to get that win? With no Tomiyasu, no Zinchenko, no Gabriel Jesus, you know, so many other players out as well. Urian Timber, um, Fabio Vieira, Thomas Partey, all of these big hitters that we've still got to come back into the team. No Emil Smith Rowe either. You know, how amazing is it that we can go to somewhere like West Ham, a place that we dropped points at last season, turn up and bring on someone like Ethan Wanieri and win this game by six goals to nil? It's it's massive. It's massive, James, and um, it just it just goes to show that how strong all of them are. I mean, um, I've said it countless times as well before that to me, even if I was taking bias aside, I still think that we've got the two best centre backs in both boxes. Because as well as they are defensively, I think as an attacking threat, especially Gabriel. Gabriel's the kind of guy. I think if he if if there was a ball to be head, but a goalkeeper's coming out to punch it, and he might knock himself, he's still going to head the ball and try and get the goal. I, I, there's that classic meme of um, is it Ralph from The Simpsons where he's like like that and he's diving through the through the window of the oh, house. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, yeah, that Gabriel. Every time there's a ball played at a set piece, it's like that's what they say is uh, what he's like. And I'm like, yeah, I actually believe he is. He just fresh and that he throws himself for that ball, doesn't he? He loves it. Um, but yeah, I I just think, like you said, there's so many facets to the game that we can use. And you know what, James? Even if Zinchenko, who, if you remember the Burnley at home game, I think that was one of his man of the match performances of the season. He was fantastic in that one, in how he dominated the ball. I think we had Burnley and then Brentford back to back. And I think he got man of the match in both, possibly. Just because uh, I think he scored the scissor kick in one of them. And then he was just... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was one of the, the games where he was actually really, really good defensively. So it shocked people. They were like, oh, my God, look, he's putting his foot in. He's getting stuck in and everything else. And even if they're all, you know, fit and back, I still wouldn't change it from this system at the moment. I think last year we had that great game against Fulham. And I believe Jesus come back around just after that time. And he, he came in. I, I remember in that game, he was kind of a surprise addition yes. on the bench. He came out yeah. of nowhere. He came on and he should have scored in that game. I distinctly mm. remember he had a chance right at the end of the game. But yeah, no, you're quite right in saying that that's when he came back. Yeah, because I remember he, he then swapped it after Trossard and even Nketiah was doing so well together at the time. And he completely changed it back. And for me at the moment, I wouldn't change what's going well for him. This where is it? Oh, is Havertz an eight? Is Havertz a nine? Is my, you know, like you said earlier, they're all swapping, they're all interchanging it. That you don't know who's going where or who's playing what, and that's working. So for me, I wouldn't change, regardless if these people are back, I wouldn't change it, James. And I hope, I hope Mikel doesn't change it either. So with that in mind, Gabriel Jesus, uh, I, I'm not sure he's going to be back for this one. But if he was back for it, would you be looking to start him? No, no, he'd be on the bench for me. Okay, interesting. Do you think maybe what we saw against West Ham is kind of the long way to go, or at least for the short-term future? That makes no sense what I said just there, but you know what I mean. It, yeah, <laughs> it is. No, no, it makes sense. Um, well, I, I, I just would, I wouldn't. Cha- I know it's cliche, but I wouldn't change a win inside, James. And and I think for me, I, I I know my work and everything else is completely different to professional football at the elite level, but. I would I award people on merit, James, and I-, I think them lot that played at the weekend they deserve to be in. I mean, if he hadn't had the uh, injury himself, I was all for Jorginho actually starting at West Ham. I thought based yeah. on that Liverpool performance, he doesn't deserve to be dropped. I thought he was fantastic. So there's it's it's just nice to have healthy competition. And do you know what else as well, James, is that after that game against West Ham, I, me, I was like, Declan Rice for me is man of the match. I think two assists and that goal, that gets you man of the But I liked going onto Twitter. Oh, I thought Odegaard was man of the match. Oh, no, Saka for me. I saw some people, I thought Trossard deserved it. Um, someone's put in here, Ben White, the forgotten work. I saw people saying Ben White should have got man of the match for the way that we were inverting actually from the right-hand side and not the left. Four Havertz went under that. the radar as well. That's exactly. So, that's what I like to see. There's so many different debates and everything. That just goes to show how well it's functioning and working because everybody could have had a different man and a match choice. So 
I think if if you put back, even though these are people, these are your big names and these are your players that you really want. Me personally, I'd be like, Do you know what? If Je- if if Jesus is going to be back, he's got that impeccable record in the Champions League. I'd be like, Do you know what? I'll sit you on the bench, but I'll save you for Wednesday. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I I almost forgot we've got Porto coming up. I mean, yeah. it feels like such a long wait for the Champions League. But yeah, <laughs> it does, Porto, it? yeah, first leg on Wednesday. I'm absolutely buzzing for that. But it's such a ridiculous wait we've got in between. What is it? Three weeks until the return leg. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's too long. I can't wait yeah. that long. No. Um, especially but... especially if we go out there and like beat them by a big margin. You're going to be like, oh, come on, I want to, I want this to carry up so we can get in the next round and then I want to know who we've got next. Yeah, or, or even yeah. worse, if we lose 1-0. But that's not yes. going to happen. Yes, um, no, it's not. That's definitely not going to happen. I'm really looking forward to that one. That should be a fantastic game. But we've got to get Burnley out of the way first. But what the Champions yeah. League does present is something that we've not really seen in recent weeks because we have just had the Premier League to focus on given that we've been out of the FA Cup, we've been out of the Carabao Cup for a while. Um, we, we're now in a situation where we have to be a bit cautious and considerate with the team because we have such a when everyone's fit we have such a big squad but as we know right now the squad is pretty Fred Bear one player that we can expect to return for this game is Tommy Asu hopefully Jorginho's back to his best Smith Rowe I saw Charles Watts today say that he could be in contention to feature in this game more than likely he'll he'll be in the team against Porto though so I'm not really banking on there being too many changes going into this game at Burnley um so I would expect a very similar lineup to what we saw at the weekend. But JJ, this is a game that, um, with all due respect to Burnley, we can't lose because we've got some really tough away games coming up in this second period of the season. Um, you know, it's kind of like the last third of the season that we're going into now, really. We've got to stop saying it's the second half of the season because we're, you know, five games deep into the second half of the season. But we've got United away, we've got Spurs away, we've got City away. Um, we've got some very, very tricky away games. But when we've got the slightly, I don't want to say easier, but the more favourable away fixtures, I mean, against the struggling Burnley side who did cause Liverpool problems not so long ago, but did ultimately lose. We just can't afford to not have a result that's not three points, can we? No, and I mean, if you look at their home record, I think they haven't won at home since, I think it was the 2nd of December when they beat Sheffield United 5-0, I believe. So if you're looking at that, I mean, I don't believe, James, that they will be as bad as West Ham were last week. But I still think that convi- we, we, will prob- we will win this convincingly. Maybe not by as big as a margin, but I, I do think we will win this quite comfortably. And um, hopefully, again, if we can have it sort of wrapped up and sealed and be able to bring these players on and give the main guys a break, you know... You know my opinions on Anketia and Nelson James. I don't believe they're going to reach that level that I want them to reach. However, if it allows a Saka to come off, a Martinelli to come off, or Trossard or whoever... Maybe another Cedric Suarez appearance, who knows? Yeah, if, if it saves people's legs, James, I'm all for it. Because if, the games, you, um, if the games are won, then go for it. You know, I know I'm going off on a massive tangent here that absolutely nobody cares about, but how did you feel about <laughs> Cedric Suarez when he came on in place of Ben White last weekend? Oh, I just, I, I totally forgot that he was still there. <laughs> did you, what did you I, make of his performance though? I, I didn't really, I, I wasn't really paying I mean, much he didn't really have much, to, yeah, yeah, there's no, no, no yeah. point going into it, is it? No, no point <laughs> analysing it. I'm just curious. I mean, I feel, I feel a bit sorry for the bloke, to be honest, but it must be nice for him. Yeah, no, I mean, um, 15, 20 minute runouts. To me, it's one of those where I'm not going to blame him for not wanting to 
pursue a move further himself when he's got a cushy contract until the summer. Yeah, why, why should I give up? You know, I remember, I remember back in the day, Winston Bogard, when he was at Chelsea, and all the people saying, oh, what a thief, and he won't do this. And he if you're happy to pay him, you're happy to pay. You know, Thomas Graveson, when he was at Celtic, 40 grand a week, but they were making him play under, you know, the reserve games. And he was like, well, I don't want to leave. So I've got a contract, so I'll, I'll sit this money out. You know, if you're if you're going to give the player that money, then you've got to swallow, you know, why, why turn it down? He's not going to, Cedric's never going to make that money against somewhere else. Anyway, I've gone off on a massive tangent there. <laughs> Let, let's let's park the Cedric Suarez, the, the, the Suarez chat <laughs> until the summer. God, I can't even say his name. That's how much, uh, you know, he's, he's a fool in my side at the minute. But um, interesting comment here from Enzo. With three goals better than Burnley. I had no idea about that. But if that's true, um, that's a bit of a crazy stat, isn't it, JJ? Does he mean as in we're going to win 3 0 or just overall we've got three more goals than Because I. I think he means we've got three more goals than Burnley <laughs> in the Premier League, but that doesn't. Surely that can't be right. I, Hang on. Yeah, I don't. We've scored. If it is, wow. 53 goals. Burnley have scored. Fi- Oh, sorry, mate. I think you're looking at goals against rather than goals for. Yeah, Burnley have conceded 50 and we've scored 53. And Burnley have only scored 25. Sorry, mate. I was just about, oh, I was going to say, I was like, yeah, I, geez, I, I, I haven't seen Burnley beat anyone other than that 5 0 against Sheffield. I was like, they haven't scored six against people, have they? No, but I mean, look, go, go, going on that note anyway, Burnley are a more free flowing side than the teams that are in and around the bottom half of the table at the minute. I mean, um, I don't think it's working for Vincent Company. of all due respect to him. It worked no, for the championship. I, I admire his brass, James, because, you know, when Luton come up, Rob Edwards was like, I'm going to try and be expand. And he was getting beat and he just went, right, do you know what? I'm going to revert back to 4-4-2. I'm going to get it in there. I'm going to get stuck in. And they've got Barkley and everything else that's come about. That Doherty's looks like he's a bit of a player. Sandy Lagonga. Yeah, he's been doing bits. So... They've switched it up because they're like, we need to stay in this division. But I do like that companies like, no, I've got how I want to play and how I want to play it. And if I get relegated with it, I get relegated with it. I, I yeah. do admire, I do admire his brass. There's other managers that I don't think would be as brave as him. So, yeah, I bet. Well, some say it's brave, some say it's stupid. I, I, I do believe he's, you know, slightly in the middle. <laughs> well, and sadly, I mean, you know. It- I don't want to say it pains me to say it. I've not really got that much of a close connection to Burnley, but um, in fact, I have no connection to Burnley. But what I do remember of them is being, you know, classic Sean Dyche sides. Whenever we went to Turf Moor, we were always grinding out a 1-0 win. That just seems to be the scoreline that sticks in my head. It was never an easy game, always a bit scavy, always difficult, really hard fought. So I'm I'm a bit refreshed by what I'm seeing with Burnley at the minute. It's quite nice to see a very different side to them. I really like what company is trying to do. As I say, I, I just... I mean, it's not working for him. The table speaks for itself. You know, the games they've lost, the goals they've conceded speak for themselves. I mean, conceding 50 goals is just absolutely crazy. Um, So there should be goals here for Arsenal. And like you say, I would hope that we would win this game convincingly. But let's not forget, in the first half at Anfield last week, they went, uh, was it, was it 1-1? I think it was. They, I was going to say they went 1-0 up, but they, they brought it back yeah, to they 1-1. Were quite, they were quite unlucky in that game at Anfield, mate. Yeah, I know. Um. And that's what worries me a little bit because part of me thinks they're due a result. <laughs> hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. 
Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. No, don't think not, so. Not, not against us. No, I think, we'll, like I said earlier, we'll be all right. It won't, it won't be... If if it's if it's another six, I'll be very very shocked. But yeah, we, know, we, we I think we're going to be all right here, mate. Yeah, I think we've got to kind of temper our expectations because it, as much as it would be amazing to get another six nil, I think realistically, I'd I'd be over the moon of a two nil win. To be quite honest with you, you know, just just, I mean, just three I, points. Yeah, I mean Liverpool are the early kickoff, aren't they? So run for the way, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So as soon as you get that result through before we start our game sort of like a motivator it's like right you know what you need to do boys because either they drop points and it's like right let's go above them let's you know in to again using a cliche let's break serve or you know they've got the points and we need to keep up the pace and then you've got city that play the evening game that will know liverpool's result and then our result so yeah we just need to for me it's all about the momentum and uh, we are the momentum side at the moment in terms of we, we just beat liverpool with an amazing performance that nobody predicted, you know that they, they would get their fans and their pundits and their lovey doveys in the media. Oh, it's going to be four. Oh, it's going to be three. You know they gave us no hope in hell, and we completely spanked them. And then again, did I think we would beat West Ham last week? Yes, but did I think by that scoreline? No. So we're definitely we're definitely the informed side at the moment. And what was it? Sixteen goals in four games, and we haven't even had a proper striker up there. Yeah, conceded two. And what, in our last two games, we've conceded something like two shots on target? Fantastic. I mean, it's it's absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Um, before we go on to the next part of the show, we do have to do a quick mention to our fabulous sponsor, Ruth Beckart. She's got some fabulous new merchandise coming out. Look at these. Are they called pin buttons? I'm not sure how you'd how you'd describe them. Little badges. <laughs> badges. I, I was going to say, is it, is it, uh, to me... That's a badge to me. It's a badge, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what a pin button is, but um, it's a badge. I mean, they look absolutely fabulous. Make sure you check out uh, Ruth's Etsy shop. Um, and I believe you can find links to her other various sites over on her Twitter. Ruth Beck Art, I believe is her handle. Um, but yeah, make sure to check her out. Her work is absolutely fabulous. Massive shout out to Ruth. Thank you ever so much for sponsoring the show. And uh, yeah. Long may you be here. But, JJ, on to the second uh, part of the podcast. Um, what would your lineup be going into this game? I think we've already touched on it, but would you change anything from West Ham? No, no, I'd keep it exactly the same. So, yeah, Brea, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Kivior, Rice, Havertz, Odegaard, Trossard, Martinelli and Saka. But, again, I'd be exactly same sort of game plan and then if need be if if you if you're putting Havertz up there as as the nine same sort of job as you did against Liverpool occupy them two centre-backs so that if you do win it you can knock it into one of the you know one of the wide men in Martinelli and Saka running in behind so, or Trossard if he's if he's overlapping on the eight yeah I mean if, if Havertz was to start in the nine though I don't think I'd be inclined to start Trossard in the eight I'm just not convinced by it mate so if it was to be that, I'd be looking at somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure who. I mean, if it was Smith Rowe, I'd I'd throw him. Well, we, we, yeah, we all want Smith Rowe in the eight. Yeah. We, we, I mean, we, that, that's what, yeah. 
that's that'd the dream. Be my dream. That, I mean, yeah, exactly. That would be the same as Knott's Forest. Um, I mean, this would be the opportunity. It's such a shame that he got injured, honestly, because we're in such a mini cluster of games where I think he would have had a lot of minutes. Okay, he didn't get off the bench against Liverpool, but West Ham, I think he would have started that game if he was fit. And again, I, agree, this yeah. game, I think he could have started this one. Absolutely no reason why he couldn't. And he could have made that eight his own, but... You know, it's so unfortunate that he rolled his ankle. I mean, of all the things to do, it's like one of the most common things absolutely anyone can do in the world. But um, yeah, hopefully he's back. You know, if he's great, if he's among the substitute bench for this game, that's great. Um, but if he's back for Porto, fit, firing, um, that's what we all want. But another player I want to quickly talk about who I thought was excellent against West Ham that you mentioned earlier as well, uh, Jakob Kivio. Um, We all know he's a centre-back playing out of position at left-back. But since we kind of switched things a little bit and Ben White is the guy that's inverting rather than Kivior. I just thought he looked so naturally good against Liverpool, but moreover against West Ham as well. And some of the crosses he was putting into the box, I mean, we know he got an assist against Liverpool, but he arguably should have had one against West Ham as well for a cross he put in for uh, Saka, I think it was. Um, I mean, he's looking really good at the minute, isn't he? Yeah, and there was also that moment in the Liverpool game he should have had a goal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm all for it. Like I said, James, I, I always did think there was a player in there. You know, there was links about him potentially going back to Italy in January. And I was like, oh, no way. I'm like, we've not even seen this guy's full, you know, potential and best. And um, I'm glad now that he's coming through. That's why I'd say stick with him. I know, I know, obviously, against a Burnley, even away, we might dominate the ball when you want to in a game where you're going to dominate the ball. You want Zinchenko because that's that's his bread and butter. That's what he's. I mean, about. is he even going to be fit? Well, that's it. You just don't know. You just never know with him. I mean, this is very reminiscent of what he was like at Man City. You just you just never knew with him. And I mean, he, even if it is touch and go, why would you risk it when yeah, he was playing so well? Definitely. And when we've got Tommy Asu back as well now. Definitely, yeah, exactly. So I'll wait and see what uh, Mikel says tomorrow. I'm guessing he's going to have to. About one o'clock tomorrow, he's going to have the proper conferences, isn't he? Where he'll say who's in, who's out, and everything. So I'll wait and see for that. But no, I even even with all of them in, I still I wouldn't change it, mate, at all. I think it's too good of a formula for me. Comment here from Carl Stark that he thinks Tommy Asa will start. Um, I personally don't think he will, given that he wasn't involved against West Ham and he's, he's you know he's not long back from uh, the Asia Cup. Um, and I don't I don't know why you would when you've got Kivior playing at such a high level at the minute, uh, unless you want Tommy Asu to be the guy inverting. But I thought Ben White, it, he looked so natural doing it. I don't think there's any need to mix it up. Um, but but also, you know, Ben White, he's overlapping. He's just got that perfect balance of being a fullback, but also being a midfielder, but also being a centre-half at times as well. He's such a unique, brilliant footballer that he allows someone like Kivior to just defend, get forward when he needs to. I wouldn't change it up. I mean, you could... You know, play Kivior in this one, start Tommy Esso in the game against Porto. And that's a perfect example of good rotation. Yeah, exactly. I I would if if Tommy Asu is back and he's fit, I, I would I would play him in you I'd play him in a Europe game over playing him against the Burnley away. Per, me personally. Because I think they're gonna be more tricky than the and, and he as much as I have, you know, praised Kivior there and you have as well. He, he's still he's still the best one v one defender at our club, Tommy Asu. So yeah. you want you want him in there. There's yeah, a reason absolutely. why he, when he was fit and everything else, Tommy Asu played against the big teams and Sinchenko and Kivior didn't. And it's purely just on defensive ability, even like his aerial ability as well. And also, again, 
he's very underrated with his crosses as well. I mean, you were there for Lens at home, weren't you? He just he was tearing people apart for fun, wasn't he, in that game? Yeah, I mean, he was fantastic. I mean, that's the best I've ever seen him, I think, was that Lens game. Yeah, but I think in the majority of his of the games he's played this season, he's been yes. the standout oh, for yeah. me. I mean, if, yeah. if he hadn't had that slight injury, I think he would probably have been my player of the first half of the season. And I know that's sounding a bit of an exaggeration given that, you know, we've had quite a few players that have done so well. I mean, Saka's racking up the goals, the assists, but Tommy Asu, in terms of improvement, um, he's been, he's been amazing. And it's a real shame that we missed him for a little period, but he's going to be back in the team now. I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. And um, yeah, touch wood, he, he either comes in against Burnley or comes in against Porto and picks up where he left, he's, he, he left off because he was such a, yeah, such a fantastic footballer. Um, I am going to divert slightly away from the Burnley game because I'm not sure if you've seen uh, Mika Birif has scored a fantastic goal for Sturmgras. Um, I have not seen this. It's an unbelievable finish. (laughs) I just saw it pop up on my Twitter feed. But he's he's getting amongst the goals, isn't he, this season? Um, I I don't know know if you'd be bringing him in to start, uh, not start, but be amongst the team next season. But he's, he's looking like a real talent that we've got on our hands, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, um, we're, I think we're going to America again for pre-season, aren't we? We like going out there. So he's definitely on the plane for me. Got to take a look at him, surely. Yeah, and he just looks so strong. Naturally, so good at finishing. I mean, I really wouldn't be opposed to maybe getting rid of Enketia for use of a better term, selling, you know, Enketia, who's been a great servant to the club, and bringing in someone like Biroff, who I think could offer something so different. Oh, yeah. I mean, Carl mentioned it earlier. we got to get rid of Nketiah anyway because he wears the full team shirt and, and Bappe needs that full team shirt, doesn't he? That's that's why you got to get rid of Nketiah. Well, we're going to save that question right, <laughs> right to the very end. But um, it's interesting, isn't it, with someone like Nketiah? Because, I mean, his stock at Arsenal is so low at the moment. And it's, it's not a nice thing to say because he does he does have a place in this Arsenal team um, or he's, he's had a place in this Arsenal team. You know, he started the season for us. Uh, he scored on the opening day of the season. I really thought this was going to be be his campaign where he'd be in the team. He'd, you know, take his game up to another level. Unfortunately, it's not happened. And I think the game against West Ham was just evidence that we don't really need him to be or, totally brilliant about what, it. What, what was it, James? 4,020 minutes? And then he had that really poor shot that he should have scored from? I'm like, if, you, if, you're, if you're being brought on, I know that we're 6-0 up and everything else, but... It's like can't you know? This is this is why people who aren't even strikers are starting over you. That is a natural striker. Yeah, it, I uh, mean, if, it's just, his all-round play just isn't good enough for the way yeah, we want to play. Is if it? that if that's not telling him, maybe I think I might need to seek pastures new here. I don't know what will. Well, and I hope he does because I just don't see yeah. a way that he gets in back into this Arsenal team. No, you know he's no. been a good utility player. He's had some great moments. I mean, let's not forget he scored that goal um, against Manchester United three two last season. Um, and the, the thing is, when he when he does play games in clusters, he is actually quite good. I still remember Brighton away last season; he looked great. But it's when he plays for maybe five or more games in a row, just completely goes off the boil. I don't know why it is, but his hold up play disappears, and he just. Yeah. You know, it's like we're playing with 10 men. Yeah. I'm, I mean, ideally, if you could get him in a club where he's playing in a two with somebody that's of a yep. bit of a stature and everything, I think he'd be prolific, James. But just for us and what we want a forward to do in a Mikel system, he's just not that guy. We, we, People forget 
we had a Bamiyang that was that guy. And yet we still were like, through faults of his own as well. But still, you could see that the manager was like, you know, I'm still going to stick with Lacassette over you, even though you're a more prolific, because I need my forward to hold and play everybody else in. And yeah, he's not, you know, when you're not adding the goal, when you're not prolific in front of goal and your other aspects of the game don't fit, like Amanda says, you don't have a place in the team. No, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the striker, not just at Arsenal, but for all teams now, has to be more than just a goal scorer. Uh, unless they are playing in a classic 4-4-2 and you've got someone like Olivier Giroud to knock the ball down to them and they can make the runs in behind, you know, that could work wonders. But how often do you see teams playing 4-4-2 now? You know, top teams I'm talking about. You don't really see it that often. Um, so I think, yeah, if he moved to, say, a, a, a lower um, down in the division team, you know, a side that's going to play, you know, 4-4-2 or a 3-5-2, something like that, I really do think he could he could be a fantastic outlet. You know, looking at someone like Crystal Palace, where he could maybe link up with uh, Mateta or Edwards. Um, there's there's options for him, but yeah, um, again, gone off on a tangent that's not related to Burnley all that much. But you know what I mean? Like he's a player that needs to seek pastures new. Um, okay, what is there left to talk about with regards to Burnley? I'm not sure there is much left to say, mate. Um, would you be bringing Jorginho back in for this one? No, I, I would still, I'd still keep it the same as the weekend, mate. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't budget. Um, I think as well. Again, Jorginho's another one for in Europe, just for experience as well. But just the the tactical nous and everything else. I think he's a very, very important player for Champions League. Yeah, this is the thing when you um when you come off the back of a six 0 win and you're you know, your task is to preview the next game. It's pretty hard to talk about what to do because it's it's just a case of, well, just rinse and repeat and hopefully get the same outcome. I'm the same as you. I wouldn't change anything going into this game. I was I mean, so I'll take it. If, if you can guarantee me a six nil again, James, I'll take it. <laughs> I can't guarantee it, but you know, if, if we play the way we did against West Ham, um, if we score a bit earlier, that'd be nice. That's the only improvement I'd make. But apart from that, it was such a perfect, you know, ten out of ten performance. There's nothing that I can look to, to to be an improvement that I would change so yeah I, I'm the same as you I'm sticking with it and then I completely agree Jorginho for the Champions League um, against Porto I really wouldn't mind going back to what we saw against Liverpool Jorginho Declan Rice Erdegaard and I know you could say against Porto you know you're showing them a bit too much respect by doing that potentially but I think Jorginho is just made for the Champions League in Europe I think he's going to be so prolific and I don't think there's anything you know overly defensive about that lineup because you're allowing Declan Rice to be a bit more you know gun-ho in the left eight role I know we're obviously not previewing the Porto game but I mean I, I, like I say I, I agree with you Jorginho Rice Erdegaard as the midfield three I, I think it's going to be absolutely spot on um but before I let you go mate we've still got a couple of players that are out uh with injury Thomas Partey Fabio Vieira um Emil Smith-Rowe, Urien Timber. I saw a report not too long ago that um, Arsenal hoped to have a fully fit squad by the end of the month. Whether that remains, whether that's true remains to be seen. Um, but it's a very tantalising prospect to think for the last, you know, at least the last 10 weeks of the season, we could maybe have these options to call upon. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I read somewhere today that apparently Vieira's obviously the closest of all of them, which made me a bit worried because... Uh, you know, I've still got my big, big Smith Rowe fan. But I think other than that silly red card that he got, Vieira, 
he started to show that he was getting to grips with what was going on and he looked like he was uh, becoming quite a useful player. Um, and he was being deployed as well as a, a, on the right-hand side. He wasn't just playing as a as an eight. He was being used as like a winger option, which I thought was good as well. Um, so I'd like to see more. You know, I'd like to see more from all of them. I mean, for me, James, and I've been criticised for it, but I stick by it. All these people that think Thomas Party is, as soon as he comes back, he's the answer and he's the solution. He's no. Not, he's not that guy. <laughs> I'm sorry if it upsets, but he's not that guy. Um, he had a brilliant season last year, but that's that's just a one-off in my opinion. I don't think you, you can't. For me, you can't rely on Thomas Party to to be that guy again. No, I mean he could be that guy, but the problem is because he's so plagued with injuries, he's not going to be that guy. That's he's the sad got, reality. He's, he's, he's got glass for hamstrings, mate. So you just. What, what can you do? And I think even it, Glass is generous. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like um, the Kieran Tierney interview that he's done. I actually respect what he said and everything else like that. You know, he, he said, yeah, Sinchenko's come in, wanted to play a completely different way. It's alien to me. I tried it, couldn't get on with it. And he said, Sinchenko's brilliant at it. So there's, you know, that's why I'm where I am and he is where he is. And I love Kieran Tierney. And, you know, if we were, if he'd have stayed, James, and we had Ben White inverting on that right-hand side and we just said to Kieran Tierney, you just be a conventional fullback like you normally are, we'd all love it, wouldn't we? But well, that's the thing. I mean, how it works out, I'm afraid. Given the role Kivior's playing now, you can't help but think, oh, yeah, that could have actually worked. But, yeah, it's not how it works out. And obviously, I think a large part of that is down to Tierney's injuries. We've seen already this season at Sausage that, that he's broken down multiple times. They can't even rely on him. So I don't think it's it's an Arteta thing that he just doesn't like Tierney. I think it's just a case of he, he can't be relied on. He wasn't particularly good at the inverting thing. And I hate to say it, but I do think he'll inevitably move on in the summer. And, and you know what, James? Jesus is getting into that. He's creeping into that category as well. Well, I mean, I hate to say it as well, but so Smith Rowe, if we're being serious yes. about it. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I hate to think about it with um, particularly Emil Smith-Rowe because I, I love him and we all know what he can do. But it's two seasons now, two seasons on the bounce where he's just been so out of the team, not even in the team. He's just been out of the team for two straight seasons. I can't even remember the last time he scored a goal for Arsenal, which is crazy because he he was so well-renowned for his goal scoring. He came off the bench, he scored. That was Emil Smith-Rowe's thing. Um, so I really hope he can find a way back. But he is teetering dangerously close to that Thomas Partey zone. And I think you're right in saying that so is Jesus. I think the one saving grace of Jesus is I hope we sign a striker in the summer and we see Jesus used more as a winger um, because I think that's how Arteta might potentially look to utilise him because he's one of these versatile guys that can provide options. So, yeah, um, let's see. Let's see. But to end the show on, mate, I'm going to go back to Carl Stark's question right at the start. Um, Kylian Mbappe to Arsenal in the summer would you? Obviously the answer would be yes but let's look at this realistically um, he's communicated his decision to leave PSG this summer uh, David also tweeted that it will save the club 200 million euros a year which is mental Arsenal aren't going to be going anywhere near that are they? No, well unless they completely change the whole financial strategy and ethos at this club. I mean, the top earner at the moment is Havertz on 280 grand a week. I don't even want to fathom what Mbappe's making weekly. Plus, 
We've seen what Arteta has been like before with players with very, very big egos and big characters. You do not get a bigger ego than Mbappe in world football, in my opinion, at the moment. You know, this is a guy that PSG had to, if they wanted to sign someone, it had to be approved. He had to agree whether he wanted that person in the team or not. He had so much control. And I, if Mbappe wanted to join Arsenal and we could afford it, or he was happy to take a cut in his wages, why wouldn't I not want the best player in the world at my football club that I support, James? I'd be silly to say no. But I just think there's a lot there that makes it less attractive than what I would really want it to be. Yeah, and I, I am inclined to agree with you. I think the only way it happens is if he cuts his wages enormously, which, you know, he, he's such a, a pulling power. Why would he do that? It wouldn't yeah. make sense, particularly think, his age. I think it was something like PSG. I think he was on nearly... Was it seven hundred and twenty-five or seven hundred and fifty thousand a week? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not but, sure even Man City would go near that. Well, but he's happy to take a cut. To see, I think Real Madrid said they'd pay him six hundred and fifty thousand a week. So he's happy. Yeah, to I mean, take look, a cut. Th- th- this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This conversation is redundant because he's going to Real Madrid. Yeah, uh, it's just it's crazy what Real Madrid are doing when you look at um you know they've got Bellingham, Rodrigo, Vinicius Junior. They're they're going to bring in Mbappe. I saw they were linked to Alfonso Davies today as well. I mean yeah. the team they're building just just makes me feel physically sick. Um, but look, let's not go there. We're going to knock them out of the Champions League anyway, so let's not think about what they're going to do next <laughs> season. Um, so uh, to end on, mate, score prediction for Burnley. Yeah, I'm going to go for three nil to us. 3-0, who's scoring? I'm going to go first goal. I'm going to go with Martin Odegaard. Martin Odegaard, who's going to score the rest? Uh, probably Saka and Martinelli, mate. There you go. You heard it yeah. here first. Arsenal, yep. 3-0. <laughs> Odegaard first. Saka, Martinelli. Love to know what the odds are on Bet365 for that. But um, look, I'm not endorsing gambling, but uh, you heard it here from JJ. That's going to be the result. Um Myself, what am I going to go for? I, I don't think it'll be anywhere near as convincing as West Ham. I'm going to go for a 2-0 win. I fancy Trossard again. Um, fancy him to score. And I think, you know, Martinelli's going to get on the scoreboard as well. He 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 should have had a goal at West Ham. It was yeah, out of everyone that played so well. He was the one that was maybe, you know, just a 6 out of 10. He was quite, not disappointing, but underwhelming compared to the rest. Um, but look, mate, any closing thoughts before we sign off? I can't think of anything, I'm afraid, James. No, it's been a tricky preview, hasn't it? Because because when, when things are going so well, what, what can you say apart from just go out there, boys, do the same again, and you'll find me, Amanda and Chris post-game talking about a 1-0 Burnley victory. So um, I'm joking, of course. You know, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a win. Surely it's going to be a win. Um, but yeah, that'll be our next podcast. Uh, we're hoping to go live post-game after the Burnley um, Burnley game at Turf Moor. If anyone knows of a good way to watch the game for someone that doesn't have uh, a luxurious fire stick, please do let me know because, um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite desperate to find a way to watch the game. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to you know, talk about it all that well with the guys afterwards. So, um, yeah, do let me know if anyone's got any uh, any recommendations. But, um, JJ, thank you ever so much for joining me this evening. Uh, I know you're going to have no uh, problems whatsoever you. watching the Burnley game. Um <laughs> Damn you. Um, but yeah, make sure to check out the James Johnston Football Channel. Follow uh, JJ at uh, LL Called James 91 on Twitter. Um, 
I'm sure we'll have you back for a podcast in the very not too distant future. And uh, yeah, from myself, from JJ, from the wonderful Ruth Beck Arts who sponsored the channel. We'll see you very soon, guys. Catch you in a bit. I've got to get the branding up. I didn't have it ready. God, this has been so amateur for me tonight. Guys, I'll see you later. Up the Arsenal. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.